This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who are the pine. I will not be your host tonight, although I am Mason, um, but today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer teams of myself and Scott versus Deed and Marcus. Um, but our host today is going to be head coach Philip Sanford. So, Philip, go ahead and take a moment to remind us of who you are, where you're from, and anything else you'd like to say. Thank you very much, Mason. Uh, uh, my name is Philip Sanford. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, my, you know, my favorite sport is just overall favorite sport is basketball. Uh, I went to a, you know, went to a school that is most, most famous for ba- its basketball team, uh, Seton Hall University. I also, you know, grew up, you know, gr- growing up so close to Detroit and uh, Toledo, Ohio. I grew up watching the Pistons, uh, you know, every winter and had my bad boys pajamas when I was a youngster. So, um, so yeah, just just really look forward to uh, to hosting this um, this game, and hope everybody enjoys the uh, the variety of questions. All right, and uh, let's go ahead and go over to Eric. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Um, I'm wearing my bad boy um, underwear um, because my new underwear hasn't re- been shipped yet, even though I ordered it like two weeks ago. So these are hanging on by a thread. <laughs> Good to know. Thank you for for telling us about that, Marcus. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, yesterday, I got to call plays again for the first time in an actual football game. And that was fun. It's it's fun. It's like playing Madden for real. So if you want to get into coaching, that's what I equate it to. Don't look into it any more than that. Just pretend you're playing Madden with children. <laughs> but anyways, so Eric and I didn't know what to come up with a team name. And Eric said it's a basketball episode. And then both of us typed it basically the same time. And one mixtape something, and we combined two of our favorite nicknames. So uh, we are the hot professors. Definitely wasn't expecting that. All right, Scott, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. The hot professors, man. That yeah, that ten years ago that would have been great for me. Um, I'm excited. Um, it's an all basketball game. I don't know if that was made abundantly clear yet, but uh, yeah, I like basketball. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So Phil kind of scares me a little bit with his. His knowledge, so I, I don't know exactly what to expect, but I'm excited nonetheless. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this as well. Basketball's not my you know number one, but I, I do think that hopefully it'll be enough help for Scott tonight. Um, I'll go ahead and introduce our team name. Um, so as of when we're recording, it is September 21st. Um, so in homage to the greatest song ever written about this night, our team name is going to be Earth, Wind, and Fire. Adia. Okay. So with that, let's go ahead and kick it over to Dan for the rules. We'll be starting off with the coin flip question to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see your today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. All right, thanks, Dan. Uh, I'll be coming in with score updates throughout the night, but otherwise, Philip, 
floor is yours to host. Okay, and uh, just to let everybody know, as you can probably tell from the introductions, that this is going to be an all-basketball game. The questions are going to be primarily uh, college and professional. There will be some Olympics scattered in, but, but nothing like obscure Olympics or anything like that. Uh, and also, just, just because it's been you know, said before on different uh, episodes, uh, regardless of, uh, you know, of the uh, theme, it is going to be both men's and women's basketball. For sure. So I was not I was not I was not aware of this. We got a chance, Scott. It's going to be 2v1 for the women's question. Yeah. So for the first question, we are going to go into the uh, the coin flip. So here is your coin flip question. Which active coach with multiple national championships has more career wins? Jay Wright or Kim Mulkey? Who is this to, by the way? I don't know if we established that. So I'm going to do... Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, as tails, and the Hot Professors as heads. And it came up as heads. So I just did coin flip on Google. So it came up as heads to the Hot Professors. Um, Which active coach with multiple national championships has more career wins? Jay Wright or Kim Mulkey? Well, Eric, I know you've got one part of this because you are Villanova Stan. Um, Jay Wright's got about six, 600 and between 610 and 620. Um, Kim Mulkey's won a lot. Where was she? Baylor before oh. she was the LSU head coach. She was there at Baylor forever. I've in my head, it, it's a trick, not a trick question. Just like you would think Jay Wright's the answer. So I think it's going to be the other one type thing. I, I thought immediately that it was Kim Mulkey when I heard the first two because she's been there for so long. She was at Baylor forever, and they were always good. Okay. I mean, not necessarily always, but, like, pretty damn good the whole time she was there. So so more than 600, though, right? <laughs> I feel like I see her name on lists okay. as having a, lot, a ton. So like I, Well, I mean, you thought that, and like I said, I feel like it would be just based on the two names, and one's, at least to me, more recognizable than the other, but that's just because I don't pay attention to... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna check in with Kim Mulkey. Okay, so th- for this, I, I picked these two coaches for you know because of the national championship similarities, and also uh, Jay Wright's first season at Villanova was a year after Kim Mulkey's first season at Baylor. Uh, although Jay Wright had a couple years at Hofstra before that. Uh, another similarity between the two of them is how close they are with wins. But the correct answer is Kim Mulkey. She has 632 wins, and Jay Wright has 609 wins. That was off. So the hot professors, uh, they win the coin flip. So after our coin flip question, since the hot professors got it correct, they have 10 points, and Earth, Wind & Fire has yet to score. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Okay, so we're going to move on to pre and post game pre and post game for this quarter there will be four before and after style questions 
For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 25 points. Okay, so your first pre and post game is going to be this one. This Southeastern Oklahoma State star and five-time NBA champion ended his NBA career with the Dallas Mavericks, and he led his national team to a gold medal in the 2004 Summer Olympics. We're going to check in. Okay, Mason and Scott. I think I might have some of the first half now. What about Dennis Rodman? Oh, yeah, okay. I was thinking Pistons just because you know your host. Um, so men or man? Manu Ginobili. <laughs> Go to the Mavericks? No, the Mavericks goes with the the Rodman part, I would guess. Oh, right, right. Did he play for the Mavericks? He could have at the end. Yeah, he could just bounce around. I mean, it fits Dennis Rod, Manu Ginobili. At least fits. I don't know if we're going to have anything better, yeah. And, I mean, that's certainly Manu's heyday there, so. And I don't know where Rodman went to school, but Southeastern Oklahoma State, maybe? Yeah, I think he did go to a small school. He's, what? Does he have five? Yeah, he would have five titles. Yeah, right. That's that's why I was. It fits at least that part. So I like it. Okay, you go with that. Yep, check it in. All right, we'll check in. Dennis Rod Manu Ginobili. Okay, and the hot professors. Uh, we checked in with Dennis Rod Manu Ginobili. And the correct answer is Dennis Rod Manu Ginobili. Uh, Two thousand four was the year that the. The United States struggled mightily, uh, but still ended up with the bronze. Uh, but in the gold medal game, uh, Argentina defeated Italy. Uh, Dennis Rodman, five-time champion, as everybody covered here, uh, two with the Pistons, three with the Bulls. Um, yeah, the Mavericks, were, that was his last NBA team. He bounced around internationally playing in Tijuana and in England. I think England was the last place he played professionally, So, which seems like quite the Rodman thing to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and before going further, I just wanted to, to give a little thank you to my uh, playtesters um, who helped me out with this one. Uh, and they're, they're all familiar to everybody here. It's uh, David Lux, Dan Lundberg, and uh, Scott Barr all helped out. All right, the next pre-post game. Everybody hates this de- decorated college basketball star and dream, dream teamer who was also a casualty of the process but has carved out a solid career as a defensive big man off the bench after being drafted in top 10 in 2013. We, we can check in, right, Mason? Yep. Okay. And uh, Marcus and Eric? I mean, we can just, it's Christian Leitner, Lindsay Noel. Yep. Right. And uh, Scott, you're pretty quick here. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, everybody hates Christian Leitner. And Nerlens Noel has, become, has quickly become a popular pre- and post-game answer i did i used him in one and i believe someone else did too i think this is the third time that he's been in one but yeah we also checked in christian late nerlens noel all right points all around correct answer is christian late nerlens noel um don't have a ton of flavor text with this one but uh i know scott you know covered a lot i I have heard and you know i think it's just one of those things it's a pretty you know you know the er really or the ner really you know plays well into this this style so all right, next question here. This former Big East Tournament Player of the Year and All-American is the current head coach at Vanderbilt and was the number one draft pick after being named an All-American in three straight seasons, but had difficult with Chaminade. 
we're going to check in. How professors check, have checked in? You guys talk it out? The only thing that's just popped in my head for the, the first half, for some reason, maybe it's not Vandy, but Jerry Stackhouse came to mind for – I know he's a coach, but he played at North Carolina, so that's ACC. So that would eliminate him from being the Big East. I don't know. I thought I just that for some reason I remember. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but oh man, I don't know. I don't have anything for either part. So okay, so we can come up with something or just well, yeah. So let's say uh, Ray Allen Dershowitz. That a lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm good with that, Mason. If you are, I I don't have anything. Sure, I don't have anything better. Esteemed, esteemed attorney. Uh, We're gonna check in with Ray Allen Dershowitz (laughs) at law. Okay, so Eric and Marcus checked in first. What did you uh, check in with? So, um, this one didn't get me. I thought it was gonna get me, but it didn't. Um, The Vanderbilt coach is Jerry Stackhouse. So. Immediately, I went to the other genders coach and that got me to Ralph Sampson. I knew her last name was Ralph. And so I'm like, Ralph Sampson is the second part. Took us a minute or me a minute to figure out her first name. Um, I remember it came up before. She's an old UConn assistant. It's Shay Ralph Sampson. And, and it called back to the to the first time I hosted that infuri- the question that infuriated everybody. And Eric picked up on it. It is Shay Ralph Sampson. i don't feel so bad that's exactly what i said to marcus i'm like i feel like this name has come up before that's the only reason i know who it is right so i didn't know anything about her her being a head coach but i was just like well it's not jerry stackhouse doesn't work with anything and then i was like and then i and then i was trying to think of shamanad and i was like oh was that i for some reason i had sam Bowie in my head and then you you came with ralph sampson and i was like oh that makes more sense yeah well there's no way we're right there Yep. And it's one of the, you know, and with the Ralph Sampson part, you know, he's three time all American and, you know, first overall pick, but then his senior year, it's one of the greatest upsets in history is a airway, you know, had Virginia way high and like their first or second game in the season, you know, and Chaminade hosts the Maui, Maui Invitational. So they've gotten a couple, but that was by far their biggest was knocking off the uh, Ralph Sampson of Virginia. Uh, Shay Ralph, um, you know, both it's unique where you have a, a university where both coaches are, are both men's and women's coaches are both uh, former All-Americans. But uh, yeah, in 2000, she was the uh, Kodak All-American and and, um, and UConn won the NCAA championship that year. And um, and she did win the Big East uh, most outstanding uh, outstanding player as well in the Big East tournament out, um, outstanding player. So, yeah, so points go to the hot professors there. All right, the final question in pre and post game. This two-time WNBA MVP and new Chicago Sky forward has been spending her off-seasons giving viewers reasons to want her on inside the NBA permanently and led Eastern Michigan to a 15-point win over Duke in the first round of the 1996 NCAA tournament before reaching new heights and playing 13 years in the NBA. That's clever. That's clever. You want to check it in? Yeah, we're going with that. All right, we're checking in. All right, hot professors checked in. Uh, earth, wind, and fire. You guys can talk it up. Oh, yeah, Elena Del Don. So, I mean, it could be Dante, Don, Donald, Donovan. Um, so, 96 NCAA tourney and then played 13 years in the NBA. So, let's assume the NBA career is from 97 or 98. 
2010 or 2011. So it gives us a time frame that we're working. Right. I'm just trying to figure out new heights maybe is something that we're. That's what I was thinking too, like a dunk contest or. Or maybe some of those, uh, maybe some of those tall. I mean, I, I just, I don't know what this is getting at. So Donald, I can't think of any like Donald's or Don's during that time, right? Danielle Marshall, but he went to UConn. Dante Jones went to Duke. Maybe it's not Don, maybe it's on. Andre, Andre Miller? No, he went to Utah. Okay. All right. Let's pick, pick an NBA player that fits with Don and cut our losses. Cause I, I couldn't name one Eastern Michigan player for sure. So I think that's where Earl Borgens went. Ah, but it doesn't help. So Elena Della, Don. Donald Rumsfeld. There you go. Uh-huh. You can use Donald Sutherland. Yeah, I don't know. Pick one and, and check it in. And Okay. Yeah, let's just go. Elena Della, Donald Sutherland. Just go with it. It's fine. All right, and and uh, how professors? What did you guys check in with? Good old fashioned teamwork on this one, um, Scott. You're you're close. You're getting there, but you were focused on the wrong WNBA player because I believe Candace Parker just left to go to the Chicago Sky, and then <laughs> Eric said Earl Boykins, and I went, "Ooh, reaching new heights," and that's when Eric said, "Clever." So we've checked in with Candace Parker, Earl Boykins. And the correct answer is Candace Parker, Earl Boykins. Yeah, Earl Boykins reaching new heights because you know he he's listed at five foot five. I've I've seen him in person multiple times when they when they would play the uh, the MAC tournament in uh, Toledo, and I would be surprised if he's five foot five. Um, Candace Parker played most of her career in uh, uh, in Los Angeles with the Sparks. Just got traded or just signed with the um, forget which if, well, how the transaction was, but just started with the. Uh, Chicago Sky this season has missed most, if not all, of the season so far. So, uh, which actually just ended, um, I believe, yesterday. Uh, you were on the opposite end with uh, with Elena Deladon, started with the Sky and has since moved to uh, Washington with the Mystics. So, after our first quarter, we have Earth, Wind, and Fire with fifty points, and Hot Professors pulled away a little bit with one hundred and ten. Today's second quarter will be David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of three pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, the teams will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 25 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Okay, the first the first set, there will be three sets of uh, questions here. Uh, the first, David, this South Bend native, who was a McDonald's All-American point guard before attending the University of Notre Dame, led the Irish to two NCAA Final Four appearances before being drafted third overall in 2013. And Goliath, this South Bend native who was McDonald's All-American point guard before attending the University of Notre Dame, led the Irish to two elite eight appearances before being drafted 45th overall in 2016. Just go with the one we know. Okay, we're going to check in. Earth, Wind, and Fire, free to check it out, to, to talk it out. We're really struggling to figure out who the third overall pick was in 
2013. 2013. That right. draft is so awful. Like it's it's not. I haven't retained much of it, besides for yeah. the guys that we named. Yeah, because that was one where anybody could have went number one, right? Like Thomas Robinson and and all those different guys. A lot of people thought Ben McLemore was going to go one. I'm just trying to think of Notre Dame point guards around there. I just I I that's like the least. That's one of the schools I paid the least attention to the ball. Yeah, it's just it's kind of frustrating because we so we have a lot of the top ten. We just can't figure out who a third was because Oladipo was second, and we know Noel was sixth, Macklemore seventh. Yep. I'm trying to think who else was top five. Maybe they kind of give us a. Yeah, uh, and we're our time just ran out. Yeah, I want to. I know Notre Dame had a point guard last name Jackson recently. If you want to take a chance, because we don't even have anything for David. So but that would be Goliath, I think, because obviously right. if it was yeah. something Jackson, that wouldn't be the David. Yeah. We might yeah, as well, I, right? We don't have anything for David. So if you have something slightly for Goliath, like a name. A last name. We have, yeah, we have a last name. And I don't even, I like I said, I've, I've mentioned you, I vaguely recall someone, but I couldn't tell you. We're going to check in for Goliath. With the last name of Jackson, I'm just seeing some reactions here from from the the hot professors. What what did you check in with? Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, Eric did at one point say he had the name Jackson in his head, but we couldn't get any closer than that, and uh, we ended up uh, realizing, or well, Eric realized, uh, you know, Philip seems to be. Uh, thrown us for a loop for a couple of these by going with women, and so we checked in with the David with Skyler Skyler Diggins. Diggins. Oh. So here's the big reveal: both teams are going to get get points on this one. Oh, what's that first name? What is Jackson's first name? So, so Skyler Diggins and Skyler uh, Mary now Skyler Diggins Smith. She goes now, but you. Get, you definitely get credit for um, is the the David. She was drafted third overall by Tulsa in uh, um, in 2013. Demetrius Jackson was the point guard for for the men's team and was drafted 45th overall by the Celtics. Uh, had a in 2016 did a few did a couple of years with two way contracts. Most of the time spent in the G League, and he has spent the last two years uh, playing overseas in uh, Europe. So both teams get points there, but uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire make, making up some ground with the, uh, you know, getting that, uh, getting the, the lucky Jackson at the uh, Goliath. I could not think of that guy's first name. Save my life. I'm glad because we, we, once again, we have to start thinking about WNBA. We're, we're playing an era game. I don't know why we're doing that. We, that's like atypical of us. Yeah, we have to, we have to start shifting. We would have had that in two seconds if we thought WNBA. <laughs> It was Otto Porter was number three. And no, we know we said that. We, we yeah. said that in our chat. Right? I'm just pretty like, sure Otto Porter's number three. And I was like, he went to Georgetown. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, wait, why? And then he just said WNBA. And I went, oh, duh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're going to have to get off of that. Because I, so I, I was in love with her. <laughs> yeah. Same. Oh, still yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. Still am. Never heard of her. All right. Let, me, you, let me know. Let me know if it doesn't work out, Skylar. <laughs> right. Skylar Diggins Ellis has a nice ring to him. All right, so the second David question here. Born in South Africa, but best known for representing Canada internationally, he has the third most career assist in NBA history. 
Your second Goliath question, born in England, but best known for representing Australia internationally, she has the record for most points scored in a single WNBA game. Sure. I'm in. Okay. We're checked in. All right. Eric and Marcus checked in. Uh, Scott and Mason. I feel like I have another name for the second one, but I'm trying to. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself. How my women's basketball knowledge is apparently who, left my brain. Guess who's WNBA king now, baby? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I never said you weren't. So I'm trying to remember the name of this WNBA player. The The only thing I'm clutching on to was there was this article I was reading before the Olympics about how the, she left the team or got kicked off or something. And she was like their best player. So this is a current like, player. Yes, this is a current player. I'm just trying to remember her name. That makes it worse for me because I, I know current WNBA is not as strong as but she's I'm pretty sure she's like a power forward center. Like right. she's I'm just trying to remember her name. I'm sure it'll be a name I know. Yeah. I mean I'm, most points scored in the game is do you think that David might be Steven Natch? I don't know if he was I don't remember if he was born in South Africa. I mean the no, rest either. of it, you know, kind of makes sense. Right. I mean, who else represent like, you know, represent Canada that up there have that many yeah. And obviously Stockton's one. I mean, when you look at the list, like Chris Paul, Mark Jackson, those guys aren't Canadian. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad Strickland, who Marcus and I like to bring up. Incorrectly. Every yeah, time. we like to incorrectly bring up. Every time I think, I'm like, I think I, this is Rod Strickland. I can safely Wrong. say this isn't Rod Strickland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just can't think of who else. I don't know if the, I don't really necessarily remember Stephen Nash getting all the way up to third in assists, but I mean it's not Jason Kidd. Yeah, man, I'm it's aggravating because I read this article. I was like, oh, this is a fascinating story about right before the Olympics. I just cannot remember her name to. Yeah. So, I mean, we can go, David, and take our points. I just take our points. We don't even know if that's. Right. Yeah, we don't even know if that's right. I'm just I'm. Once I hear yeah. the name for Goliath, I'm gonna. Regret it, just but... hit. So, you want to just go with Steve Nash for David? Yeah, that's fine. All right, we're going to check in the David answer of Steve Nash. Okay. And uh, the hot professors, what was your, uh, what'd you check in with? Um, I only know this based on writing games, and I try to write an occasional WNBA question. And I, the first thing I thought, of, who scored the most points in a game? So, I looked that up and I saw this name and I tried to remember it, and I think I got it. It's she she she's a giant chick and she's still alive. Um, her her name is Liz Cambage, I believe it's pronounced. Oh, I, th- I think it's Cambage, but yeah, yeah, I know who she is. I follow. I literally follow her on Instagram. Uh, and, and she, and Liz she has, Cambage. And she, so and she has and she has very entertaining Instagram. So uh, and Mason, you were all around it too. Uh, she opted out of the Olympics, so. Uh, yeah, it is Liz Cambage uh, as the, the Goliath answer. And uh, both teams are going to be receiving points because it is Steve Nash, who who is ahead of Mark Jackson by one assist. Uh, Mark, you got to come place. back, bro. We got uh, a yeah. Mr. 3000, Mark Jackson. Um, yeah, entertaining in the fact that the Las Vegas Aces, they just like, they'll all just basically twerk right in the entryway right before they go out to each game. Uh, shout out! Shout out to my wife, Ch- uh, Kelsey Plum, UW legend. 
uh, Olympic gold medalist <laughs> uh, in the three in the what is it called in the Olympics? Three by three, <laughs> not yeah. three, not three on three. Oh, Mason, right. man, I had that name in my head, but I thought she was American. To be honest with you, if you would have said it, it would have. I know. I'm once, once he said Liz, I was like, that's I knew exactly what it was. Yep. Just couldn't get to it. I am cleaning up with these WNBA questions. I know. Yeah, this, yeah, is, this, yeah, this, yeah, this, this is concerning. Dude, we got to get rid of your shirt and everything. Like, we got to pull that off the shelves immediately. <laughs> All right. So, last one here of Last David. This coach, who is the current head coach for an East Coast NBA team, has won two Coach of the Year awards. And Goliath, this coach, who is the current head coach for an East Coast WNBA team, has won three Coach of the Year awards. <laughs> oh, oh boy! All right, <laughs> you can't do that to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I just blanking on that. But can can we do like spelling bee stuff here? Um, define coach of. <laughs> Or Eastern Conference or Eastern yeah, East, East Coast. Coast. So, is it actually on the coast? Uh both both of the cities are on the coast, yes. You want to just, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're gonna check in. All right. How professors are checked in. Yes, talk it out. So I don't think it's Steve Nash again. For David. No. Um, so I was thinking immediately my head went to like Rick Carlisle, Eric Spolstra, maybe Tom Thibodeau, you know, guys that have coached for a while, you know, because I, I mean, Budenholzer hasn't won two, not, it's, I don't think. Didn't Thibodeau win recently? I think so. And he probably won one with the I would think he Bulls? almost definitely won one with the Bulls. Well, then that's. I mean, but I mean, it could very likely be Rick Carlisle has won too. I mean, he coached really good Pacers teams and then really good Mavericks teams, and now, no, obviously. But wait, now. current East Coast? I wouldn't call Indiana. I mean, true. the East Coast. I mean, New York, yeah. So Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, and I mean, we got so we probably got Tibbs and Spolstra then because I don't think it's Nate McMillan. No, Spolstra. I feel like he should have won two, but I mean, he's definitely got at least one. I mean, when yeah. he had obviously the big three there, I think yeah. he won one. And so, just so we look at Goliath, I have no clue. Yeah, I, I haven't Co- paid attention at all to. The, I mean, I can I can name some teams on the East Coast that are right. in the WBA, but the I don't know their. Yeah, the Liberty. Who's their coach? Who knows? No um, idea. I had a, I had a pretty good guess. Marcus shot at town. So, oh. <laughs> is it Margo? <laughs> It's not Becky Hammond, even though it. Yeah, Becky Hammond. Think it, it yeah. would be. So, so Thibodeau or Spolster is probably where we're at. I I'm leaning Thibodeau. I feel like he's had to one win one with the for the Bulls somewhere early. I agree. Like the early 2010s, I feel like he's got to have one. I agree. Yeah, All go right. for it. All right, we'll check in the David Tom Thibodeau. Okay, and the hot professors, which check him with. <laughs> good no yes this is, this is you this is oh well not really but uh yeah, yeah we uh we also we we couldn't even begin to fathom the wmba coaching ranks i said lame beer because i'm pretty sure he has won multiple but i 
think he's the current coach for the Aces. So yeah, shot that down, and then uh, you know, I don't Derek... know where I don't know where Pat Summit is currently. So <laughs> oh no, that's what he said for his first thing he typed after. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> But uh, uh, Eric said Thibodeau question mark, and we went through the same logic. Uh, he definitely won this year with Minnesota, and then uh, won with Chicago or whenever recently. Next. And then, or yeah, Knicks, whatever. Same difference. Um, <laughs> and then Bad he won teams. with Chicago. So <laughs> that's yeah, fair. So yes, we also checked in with David with Tom Thibodeau. Both teams are getting the uh, uh, points for David with, with Tom Thibodeau. And here's a, and Dan picked up on this when he was playtesting and he thought it was extremely clever. Not only is it these, are these questions similar, but the coaches names are actually similar with the uh, WNBA, the Washington mystics coach. His name is Mike. Uh, I believe it's pronounced T-Balt or, or Tibalt, T-H-I-B-A-L-A-U-L-T. So, you know, similar names and, and, you know, similar coaching situations for multiple Coaches of the year and East Coast, uh, current East Coast coaches. So, so yeah. Isn't so Tim the guy that killed Mercutio? And- yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know better than me. I'm terrible at all things uh, Shakespeare. So, therefore, for that's that's one of the many, many reasons I'll never be on Jeopardy. So, as a side note, I also cringed when Marcus just said Thibodeau. Because there's a t- there's a town down here called Thibodeau, and you would, and that's a common last name. So like, if you said that, people would give you very strange looks down here. I can't wait to do that. <laughs> now I'm just gonna go do it. Thibodeau. And wow, like, I've always wanted to visit Thibodeau. <laughs> kind of like when people say quesadilla, makes me want to choke someone. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, uh, so we are through the second quarter. And um, Mason, can you please give us a score check? Our scores, um, as far as the margin remains the same, because both teams got one David. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, one Dave, two Davids and one Goliath. I can't speak. Um, both teams got two Davids and one Goliath in that round. And so the scores are Earth, Wind, and Fire with 140 and Hot Professors with 200. Thank you very much, Mason. And that will bring us to our halftime round. It is now time for the Halftime Show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 25 points. First question here. What two college basketball announcers made a cameo appearance as professional movers in a season eight episode of The Cosby Show? Yeah, we're going for it. We're checking. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with Marcus right now, but his team is checked in. <laughs> so Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you guys can talk it out. I don't have much to go off of here. I mean, I yeah, I haven't seen this episode. I'm not familiar with with this with this episode in season eight. There. So maybe try to get the time frame at least. In yeah, right. So you're thinking this, season eight of the Cosby Show is probably in the early '90s. Okay, so yeah, we're thinking of guys that are big in the 90s for announcers. Dick Vitale, I feel like he's got the kind of personality that he'd probably right. do something like that. It's a diaper dandy, baby. Yeah, exactly. Like, And I don't know who else was doing college basketball at that time because you weren't born and I was, you know, three. 
did he have like a partner or something that he always he commentated with often or something that maybe I don't know. By the time I like started watching college basketball, it was like Jay Billis and Clark Kellogg and the, you know those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Nant. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, I don't have any. I'm trying to think of any other guys that possibly could be around that time. But yeah, I've got nothing. Else. Yeah, I'm fine with Vital and Nance. I don't. I, right. I mean, I don't know anything better. So we're gonna check in with Dick Vital and Jim Nant. Okay, and um, and now I think that Marcus has caught his breath here. Uh, uh, you guys go ahead with your what you checked in with. Um. <laughs> So I know Dick Vitale is one of them. I was actually a big fan of Cosby show until, you know, stuff came out about and, you know, it's still not a bad show. I mean, if you just ignore the fact that the, the dude did stuff can't do it, <laughs> I mean, just close your eyes and just forget about it. Just go to a safe place. Anyway, just picture co- it as Morgan Freeman. in the role. Exactly. Is, yeah. So um, it was definitely Dick Vitale. And then um, his uh, partner was the uh, late, great, not Pat Summit, um, Jimmy V. So the correct answers, uh, and and one team is getting points. They they portrayed uh, the you know V and V movers. It's uh, Jim Valvano, Jimmy V, and Dick Vitale. Nice. I I started laughing because we we were having this conversation. He said Dick Vitale and Jimmy V, and I said Jimmy V was still around. And well, then I didn't think Ma- that well, and then Mason goes. Well, I like the first one better than that second one, and that's how it was in our chat. So it just got me. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, Dick Vitale was like a given if you're thinking about outlandish yeah. announcers. Jim Nance, I was just like, eh, that does eh, maybe, but not. Uh, yeah, Jimmy V didn't even cross my mind. I thought no, he had I, already expired by then. All right. So the second question at halftime here: What former WNBA player? made cameo TV appearances on Sister, Sister, and The Simpsons, then starred as Betty Lou in the movie Uncle Drew. Got it. All right, we're checking. Yeah, we're checking. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, who who checked in? Yes, Earth, Wind, and Fire has checked in. Okay. All right, Earth, Wind, and Fire has checked in. Um, Hot professors, talk it out. Um, I think, I don't think we need to. Uh, Do you agree with Lisa Leslie? Uh, it's the only, um, I don't know much about the movie, but I feel like I would have seen her on Sister Sister. It goes back far enough, so yeah. Okay, we're checking in Lisa Leslie. Okay, Earth, Wind, and Fire. What did you check in with? Well, I could remember one WNBA player from Uncle Drew. I did a question about someone else, I think it was Chris Weber that was in it, but we also <laughs> checked in with Lisa Leslie. All right, both teams are getting points. Uh, uh is Lisa Leslie. She uh, she's done a lot of stuff off the court. Um, I believe she's done some modeling and some other, um, you know, and some philanthropic uh, ventures as well. But uh, yeah, acting wise, she has a you know, pretty good personality and was you know definitely uh, you know big ambassador for the WNBA in the '90s. And then uh, it was pr- pretty natural to be selected to to be in uh, Uncle Drew. I uh, I specifically remember her appearance on Sister. Yep, definitely seen every episode of that show. I'll go ahead and check in with the missing link. It's all alliterative names. <laughs> we had right. B&B and Lisa Leslie. So. Yeah. Well, we know <laughs> Cynthia Cooper's coming up next. Cheryl Swoops. The final uh, halftime question is this. Uh, deceased professional soul Don Imus had his radio show canceled by CBS in 2007 
after making racist remarks directed towards the women's basketball team at what school? We're checked in. Okay. Hot professors checked in. Um, Earth, wind, fire. Go ahead. Yeah. My, Mason, how, how good are you uh, with professional aid? I'm not, not certified in it in any way, um, but I don't remember this specifically happening when it happened, but I just remember kind of afterwards. But for some reason, Rutgers stuck out as the very first thing that came to mind. I don't I don't know why, but I I don't have anything better than that. I, just, I think, yeah, I think I we go with remember that. Yeah, okay. I think we go for it. All right, we'll check in Rutgers. Okay, checked in Rutgers and hot professors. What did you check in with? I almost we almost checked in with Maryland and then I caught myself for some reason Maryland stuck out and then I just right before I was about to say it I'm like I don't want to check in too quick and it's funny too because Jimmy V's first basketball coaching job I believe was at Rutgers I think it was like their freshman team or something like that so it's kind of weird I don't know if he did it on purpose but yeah missing like Jimmy V coach there <laughs> um but yeah we went with Rutgers <laughs> Uh, both teams are receiving points. The correct answer is Rutgers. Yeah, Dynamis and and uh, yeah, and and Mason. I know you you're a little bit younger, but I mean, it was a huge, huge deal when it happened. So I, you know, I know you're a little bit younger, so you might not, you know. But I, that was shortly after I graduated, and being so close to you know Rutgers, being so close to Seton Hall is you know, and I covered women's basketball as a sports editor when I was at Seton Hall, so I knew the team. I knew the Rutgers team pretty well. And yeah, it was a, you know, even without the, that inside knowledge, it was just a big story. And, and because Imus was a weird guy and, and, and had a lot of, you know, weird tendencies, including racism and not so subtle racism. And when he, and it's just so strange, he's like one of those like kind of old school radio guys that like when he died, like people were like, almost like painting him as like a, like a misunderstood genius. Like, well, no, not really. You just, you hear that, Don Amos? You hear that? We're glad you're dead. You hear that? <laughs> you in the, oh, wait, you can't. You, you can't because you're in the grind. But yeah, but I, I, I'm, 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 and as, as Dan pointed out and David pointed out when, when we were, you know, play testing, uh, you know, you know, none of us are going to you know, repeat the, you know, what he said, but you know, you can certainly look it up if you really want to see, uh, you know, somebody making a very racist comment. So, so I mean, he, he for somebody who's been around for as long as he was around, mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody like, oh, I really enjoy that guy's work. <laughs> never, never been said. How, yeah. How is he? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like nobody's like, oh man, Mark Madden in Pittsburgh, that guy rules. <laughs> everybody's just like, God, that guy is insufferable. He's been on the air for so long, but this wasn't. I mean, was Tim Rice there at the same time? Was it, were they going through this? Oh, <laughs> were the men going no. through that at the same time? <laughs> no, it was. This was still Gary Waters, still the coach. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, but that, but the same school mm-hmm. <laughs> had to deal with that a few years later. That's ugh, yikes. Yeah. Finished with halftime, and uh, Mason, can you uh, give us a score? Uh, score update, please. Yeah, so uh, hot professors extended their lead a little bit during that halftime. The margin is now 275 for hot professors and 190 for Earth, Wind, and Fire. You guys are going to have to stay for some extra credit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you keep saying hot professors, and I'm like, oh. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. 
Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. And we are moving on to the third quarter with uh, The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. I'm glad I have Eric on my team because I suck at this. You think I'm any good at these? I'm okay at them. I think we're I think we're good at sushi then. I think we're gonna be good. I think we're good at the opposite ends of this. So I think that's how we'll go. (laughs) So the the only thing I'll say about the missing link is that all five of the questions are related to basketball and the connection between the answers is also related to basketball. So it's not like I'm going to ask like five random, random questions that have some sort of link to basketball. It's not, it's going to be five basketball questions and all five of the answers are basketball related and the relationship between it is all also basketball related. Don't be looking for like curveballs or anything. It's, it's, and, and the, the link it. is, it's, it's so I'm, I'm not going to do any trickery with the link or anything. Your first question, This basketball executive's resume includes being an attorney and vice president for the NBA, president of the WNBA, president of USA Basketball, and her current position, the commissioner of the Big East. Fine. We're We're checked in. (laughs) So the hot professors have checked in. Scott Mason, you can talk it out. We're we're just going to have to try a Jackson type thing here and hope that it works. I know I'm going to know the name when I hear it. From being WBA president, did you just throw that last comment in there randomly? Oh no, not randomly. It says that she's an attorney. So you ask who's the attorney in the OJ Simpson trial? That's the first thing. You I don't know a lot of female attorneys. Aaron Brockovich, I, commissioner of the Big East, probably had something to do with the Big East. He played there, or coached there. I, I don't know. This is for me. I feel like it's probably the inaugural president of the WNBA, right? Which puts this in like the early to. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. And, and if you and if the other team wants to change their answers based on this, which I doubt it will, but yes, she was the first president of WNBA, and that should have been included in this. But, That's but yeah, she's. But I, I mean, I, 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 so that puts Eric the timeline, Mason. The second one, so yeah, that that puts the timeline, you know, early to mid '90s for that. WNBA started in '95, so like '95, '96. So she would have been playing in the '80s, maybe. Right. So outside of Cheryl Miller, I can't give you a name of someone that <laughs> was playing yeah. basketball before the WNBA, because I got to be honest, and this sounds terrible, but I didn't even know that women played basketball until the WNBA started. You just, can I say, go for a last name and play the odds, I guess. Every last name I'm thinking of. It. Thompson. I mean, I don't. No, that's like Tina Thompson. Okay. Well, Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. All right. We're checking in with Peterson. Okay. Can't wait to hear this from uh, uh, from the hot professors. We went with the late great uh, Heather Swanson. Swanson, I was way off. 
So neither team, shockingly, neither team getting points here. And this is uh, Val Ackerman, longtime basketball executive. She's she started with the. I mean, she played college basketball. I think she's she's right around sixty years old. But she, she played college basketball in the in the eighties, mm-hmm. and um, she's been with you know started with the NBA shortly after law school. It may have been like her first job, and then just worked her way up and. Stern put her, you know, once, once they started talking about WNBA, he put her in charge of the whole operation to, to get it started. And she was there for a long time and then was either full-time or interim or maybe interim then full-time with, with uh, team USA before the uh, Colangelo's took over. And then she uh, took over uh, the big East when that, when the uh, conference split occurred. So Val Ackerman, definitely a basketball lifer. All right. So next one. So it's Val Ackerman first of the missing link. So the next question here, this coach has the ninth most wins in NBA history and led five teams over the course of his 23 seasons. He ended his career in 2013 with the Minnesota Timberwolves, the only franchise he did not take to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's starting to kind of click together. So, All right, we are going to check in. Okay, Earth, Wind, and Fire has checked in. Um, the Hot Professors, you guys can talk it out. Okay. I don't have, uh, I, I mean, I just know that uh, Rick Edelman was the T-Wolves coach around then. Around that time. Rockets Kings, for sure. He took to the playoffs. Was he with the Blazers for a minute? Possibly. Was he there? Like, I don't know who was coaching them when, like, Drexler and them were. Were you thinking that early or? Late 80s, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I imagine he had to be young at some point. It wasn't always <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I say, I mean, no reason to waste time on this. There's yeah, sure, unless you got a different name. Uh, I'm good. All right, we're checking in with Rick Edelman. Okay, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. What did you check in with? Yeah, I came across this name pretty quickly, like right when you finished reading the question. And it's funny what they kind of said there because our conversation was like, okay, Rockets and Kings definitely brought them to the playoffs. If he coached the Blazers, is what I said to Mason. So we also checked in with Rick Edelman. Okay, both teams are are correct. It is Rick Adelman. Um, I do want to make one quick correction. I I misspoke a little bit, and uh, he also coached the Warriors and did not take them to the playoffs in two years. So I said to Mason so, that the other team was the Warriors. Yes. Yep. So he he was uh, Portland, uh, and and he was at those Portland teams that lost to the Pistons and lost yep. to the Bulls. Two years at, with Golden State, neither. And like I said, the correction here is that neither team made the playoffs there. He was in Sacramento on those Peja, Bobby Jackson, Chris Weber teams. And then uh, Houston with um, during like the McGrady, Yao Ming, mm-hmm. then ended his career with a few years in Minnesota, kind of like the where a lot of teams just don't really, uh, don't really, coaches don't really succeed too much if your name is not Flip Saunders. So. I'm sorry. Did you just put Bobby Jackson as one of the key players? I was Not like, like Bibby I, or I, no, I, I, you know, you know, I meant, I meant, I, I meant Bibby. I meant Bibby. And I said, Bobby Jackson, no, I really said, Bibby. I'm like, no, no, no. I wasn't being sarcastic. I was like, I you know, it. I said Bobby Jackson, but I'm like, wait, no, he was the backup. Who? And then, yeah. by, by then Bobby Jackson, Doug Christie, Hito Turgulis. Bite your tongue about Hito Turgulis. I might say Lawrence Funderburg before I say Bobby Jackson. <laughs> Scott Pollard. Corliss Williamson was there at some point. Holden <laughs> Polonese was there. Oh, I know. God. I know. No, I know. No. All right. I know. We're done. 
I this know, is a okay. fun bit, and now it's not. Fun. Now you ruined it. So, <laughs> okay, so after, uh, so both teams get uh, get credit there. So after two, your missing link answers are Val Ackerman and Rick Adelman. Third question: A two-time WNBA champion and three-time WNBA MVP. What explosive power forward from down under officially stretched the floor during her career and was recently named? seventh best player in WNBA history by ESPN in its ranking of the top 25 WNBA players of in the first 25 years of the league. We can check, we can in. check in. All right. You know, I'll let you guys debate amongst yourselves who you want to uh, go for. Oh, no, we'll, we'll say it first. So Marcus can have his, his <laughs> moment. Uh, we're checking with Lauren Jackson. Okay. And uh, we have also checked in with Seattle storm legend, Lauren Jackson. All right, both teams are correct. So, you, uh, so yeah, Lauren Jackson was just a, a, one of the more versatile players. Uh, you know, like I said, really stretching the floor out and winning, uh, winning the MVP. Also, uh, has a couple medals. Uh, you know, in the Olympics, but Australia can you know gave USA a couple close calls, but uh, can never you know can never get over the top with uh, with them in the uh, Olympics. So yes, Lauren Jackson. Is the uh, is the answer and is the third missing link with Val Ackerman and Rick Adelman. Fourth question: A hot topic of conversation during the pandemic, due to a documentary series uh, and an uh, and an unhinged ranting by a former teammate. What forward from the Balkans had a decorated Euroball career and won the the six man uh, NBA Six Man of the Year, three NBA titles, and two Olympic silver medals? We can check in. All right. The hot professors have checked in. Uh, Mason and uh, Scott. Tony Kukoc. Yeah, he was from uh, Croatia. It was made from Croatia. Of, made yeah. fun of for that. But yeah, he's from Croatia. Six man of the year. Yeah, at all. Yes. Yeah. Check it in. Okay. And Eric and Marcus are pretty quick on this. And what did you guys say? We also checked in with Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc is correct. Uh, he won. His first silver medal with uh, Yugoslavia, and then the second second silver medal he won in the uh, in 1992 mm-hmm. uh, against the Dream Team, but this time representing Croatia after the uh, breakup of uh, Yugoslavia. And then was bullied yeah. by Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. <laughs> and Scottie Pippen clearly still has not uh, forgotten that that you know Tony Kukoc can, made can... that sh- made 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 that shot when he opted not to enter the game. So. And uh, can somebody get Scotty? Like he's wild. He's wild. Yeah, right he's... Now. <laughs> he looks like an absolutely insane person. <laughs> I'm like, don't let grown man dress like this. Don't let him out of the house looking like that. Get, come, somebody come get him. Okay, so so your missing link uh, answers so far are Val Ackerman, Rick Adelman, Lauren Jackson, and Tony Kukoc. After the second answer, I did receive a submission from the hot professors. Um, so, Earth, Wind, and Fire, do you have, uh, uh, before you go on to the next one? We might, I mean, we, we have nothing to lose, Mason. Yeah, we'll just if, come up with something real quick. <laughs> only link I have between two of is, is the one coach on played, but that doesn't help. I don't even have anything. I don't, I don't even have a guess. So, unless you want to just randomly. They all attorneys. Tony Kukoc, attorney alone. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've got nothing. Okay, fifth question: What Fab big man famously never won a championship in college or the NBA, but was the linchpin in a group in a group that changed the culture of basketball in the early 1990s? 
You can check in. Uh, professors have checked in. Earth, Wind, and Fire, go ahead and talk it out. Mason, I feel like this is Bobby Jackson's teammate, Chris Webber. <laughs> yeah. So I would well, think. All right. So, yeah, we are uh, checked in. Okay. And uh, the hot professors, what did you check in with? Uh, yeah, we checked in with uh, Christopher Weber. Okay. And both teams are correct. Uh, you know, famously having the, the, the timeout game in his last, last uh, college game of his career. And, uh, you know, they can never get past the Lakers. And, uh, you know, when he was on those stacked Sacramento teams, it is Chris Weber. But, yeah, being part of the Fab Five and the, the whole style and language around basketball just, you know, went from college then to the NBA, which you don't really see happen, a lot, you know, a whole lot. So, And now the shorts are tinier than ever. <laughs> Except for TJ Ford. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. What a king, TJ Ford. <laughs> Looking like Earl Boykins just because of the size of his shorts. <laughs> All right. So your your missing link answers are Val Ackerman, Rick Adelman, Lauren Jackson, Tony Kukoc, and Chris Weber. The hot professor submitted a um, a guess to this after the second question uh, was given. Or second answer was given. So, Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's the floor is yours. I'm, I've got no. I'm going off of Chris Weber. I'm assuming that's going to be the most obvious of this group. So I'm trying to think about you know what applies to him. That there's yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that's the thing with Chris Weber. He's had such a storied yeah. career that there's a lot of things that I mean. Like I, Rick Adelman called a lot of timeouts in his career. Yeah, these are these all people that call timeouts when they didn't have any. Val Ackerman had a famous in the '80s had a famous game where she. I, maybe maybe Sacramento because you have Adelman and Weber. Maybe Kukoc played there. I don't remember Kukoc playing for Sacramento at all. I, I was just trying to spitball based on the teams. Or I said maybe maybe they played for teams called the Kings. Maybe there's some teams overseas. Maybe Lauren Jackson and Kukoc could have played for. Her. And then Val Ackerman, I I don't know anything about her and in the background, East, right? So but there's no yeah. Kings in the. No. Maybe it has something to do with Seton Hall for Ackerman. Maybe since we're know your host kind of thing. Maybe she went to Seton Hall or something. I don't. Right. I don't know. I don't think Chris Weber has he ever been first. I don't have anything. They 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 all played basketball. <laughs> can, we, can we say that? Did Rick Adelman play? I don't even know if he did Rick Adelman. Play? Uh, maybe maybe. He I mean, he probably did, I but I don't. I mean, he certainly could have played in like the you know early no, like late sixties, early seventies. I just, I have no idea. I, and and uh, Rick Adelman did play in the NBA. Did. Yeah, they, they yeah. all play basketball. My statement still stands, but that's all we have. That's um, not wrong. It's, it's just not it's gonna not, be the career. Right. right. There's, there's something more specific, obviously. Yeah, I just I, don't know enough about some of these people to like Chris Weber and Adelman, sure. I mean Lauren Jackson a little bit, but I don't know enough about Val Ackerman to get me anywhere with them. So I I have nothing. Ackerman and Adelman after two had me feeling good, right? The names sound similar, but and I got really thrown off with Warren Jackson and Tony Cooper. Well, it's, it's I, not like a, a group or anything. It's just I know it's not, really. but maybe it's like female singers, right? Tony Braxton. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Tony Braxton. Rick James. Lauren, Lauren Hill. No, it's like female. It's female what, what singers. female singer's name? Rick. Ricky. Could be Ricky from like a group in the 60s. Same. One of the other Supremes was named Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I have nothing, so I'm, nope. I'm good with just not submitting it. Yeah. Well, we're we're, we're going to turn the ball over, I guess, here. 
looks like. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the hockey professors, what was your missing link submission? The only reason I had any idea about any of this was because of, uh, I was hoping it was going to be an answer and I could have jumped all over it. If we had another question, the answer could have been Jay Wright because he was a member of the 2021 Hall of Fame class. So we went with all members of the 2021 Hall of Fame class. And you guys are spot on with that. They are all members of the 2021 Naismith Hall of Fame class. Uh, Jay Wright, Paul Pierce, and Chris Bosch are three prominent names I left off this. Chris Weber has been getting a lot lot of attention in the last few weeks because of the first Fab Five player to go in. And yeah, I I pulled somebody from all three of the categories, which are contributor, coach, and player. Val Ackerman falls under the contributor. Interestingly enough, um, I believe Bill Russell will be going in this year as a coach. you know, and which will, which is just, you know, interesting that you know, have him going, going as coach for, you know, after, just, uh, just added on being, to <laughs> exactly. I thought, I thought the WWE was the only, uh, hall of fame. Could be a two gives, time. Yeah. that you could be multiple time. Hall of fame. So, yeah. So, so very good job with, uh, how professors picking up on, on that getting full, full points there with the, with the missing link. My my Facebook exploded when Jay Wright was announced, so I I would click on those articles all the time and mm-hmm. just yeah. Yep. All right. So after the third round, where do we stand scoring wise? Yeah. So things have widened up a little bit with them getting the the missing link early on. So we have Earth, Wind, and Fire with two seventy, Hot Professors with four fifty five. Okay, and that brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. The categories are point guard, which will be uh, small basketball players, shooting guard, which will be in scoring records, small forward, which is going to be in society and basketball, power forward in feats of strength, center, famous basketball, gyms, and arenas. Please submit your wagers. Now that the wagers are in, let's go on to the questions. Okay, so first question, point guard, which is going to be about small basketball players. This is going to be a, a who am I question. My number 23 is retired by an NBA franchise, but not the Heat or Bulls. My college days were spent within spitting distance of Canada, and I scored over 25 points or 2,500 points in just three seasons. Yet I finished my college career over 1,100 points behind somebody who played during those exact same seasons. Standing at five foot nine, I am the shortest NBA player to be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Who am I? We're going to check in. Okay. The hot professor checked in. Uh, Earth, wind, and fire. Talk it out. You know the height of Tiny Archibald? Uh, no, but I assume it's around 5'9". I mean, right? I, I mean. Where do, do you know where you? No. Cool. No. First thing I typed in Mason was, oh, this is Rochester. So college days were spent within spitting distance of Canada. So, so that leads me to Niagara. Just because. You could literally, can spit, literally spit spit into, spit. Ni- into Niagara yeah. Falls. It's in Canada. Yeah. 
okay, so do you know any basketball players that went to Niagara? Nope. Not okay. off the top of my head. I'm sure if I heard a couple names. So 2,500 points in three seasons, but finished 1,100 behind somebody. So 3,600 points. That sounds that like could Pistol be Pete like, mer- mer- That's what I'm saying. That could mer- be territory. Pete, which would have been around the same time as Tiny Archibald. I'm fine with Tiny Archibald. I I feel like that just maybe gets us the best shot. If it's the time frame close enough, I think so. All right. We are going to check in with Tiny Archibald for 90 points. All right. And the hot professors, what was your answer and wager? So you guys were on it a little bit. Um, he, he, he went to Niagara, which is like half an hour from me here. Um, yep. I have an ex-girlfriend that went to Niagara, so I, I slept on that campus quite a bit. Um, and I saw his name uh, a lot going there. And it's uh, I believe it's Calvin Murphy. Uh, we wagered Marcus. 69 points. Nice. Oh, in honor of his girlfriend that went to Niagara. <laughs> Mason bringing the heat. <laughs> Mason. So one, one, te- one team did did get the correct answer, and uh, it is Calvin Murphy. And the player that, that was playing at the same time was indeed, uh, you know, um, Mason Scott, you're right about this. It was indeed Pete Maravich. So, uh, but yeah, it was uh, um, Calvin Murphy. 69 points does go to the uh, to the hot professors and to extend their lead. All right, second question here in shooting guards, uh, which is going to be um, under the category of scoring records. Jack Taylor from Division Three Grinnell scored a whopping 138 points in a November 2012 game, becoming the highest score uh, for a single game in NCAA history. What player? Who, share, who shares part of his name with the famous bovine mascot, ha, uh, had held the single-game scoring record since 1954. He played for Division II Rio Grande College in Ohio, and yes, I pronounced that right, uh, Rio Grande College in Ohio, um, and the annual award given to the nation's uh, best small school men's ba- college basketball player is named for him. So whose record did Jack Taylor um, beat when he scored 138 points in 2012. We're going to check in. <laughs> Mason, Scott, you guys are free to talk out whatever you guys want to talk about. I, I have one thing in that I can name a famous bovine mascot. And that's... More uh, than I have. Yeah, that's UT's Bevo. But that doesn't help me because I don't know if that's his first name, his last name. Or if that's even no, the right mascot. If, yeah, if you're even thinking... I mean, there aren't many bovine mascots that i can think of unless we're talking about the the chick-fil-a cow or something i mean i don't i, I don't know <laughs> like i Be- bevo like, uh, from that just doesn't sound like a name in 1954 <laughs> but that i mean that's the only bovine mascot I. that sounds think. like a newer type name you know yeah, like, like slim jim mckinstry like you know bevo you know bevo. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Evolve Samuels playoff. Don't Evo. bring that up. I'm still I'm still mad about Kool Aid history. I knew it right when I heard that question. I was like, we went to Alabama, so I heard about it. But yeah, it's just I was willing it to you, even though I already have. Yeah, I I I'm literally less than nothing on this, Mason. I we can put Bevo in there. So so Evo Benjamin, a, like Eno Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, exactly shit. why that, he did it. That must be what I'm thinking. <laughs> Eno Benjamin, former. Shout out to the Sun State Devils. Yeah, yeah, shout out to the Sun Devils. Um, Arizona, I still think. 
Uh, all right. So Bevo. Bevo Johnson. Bevo Smith. Maybe Bevo's the last name. Let's maybe we just go with Bevo. <laughs> hey. We Jackson this. We Demetrius Jackson this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we're, we're gonna check in with just Bevo. There it is. Uh, I, I need need for, need more. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh okay. So all oh, right. the first name's Bevo. All right. So Bevo, we're gonna check in with B. Uh, you want to go like Bevo Jenkins? <laughs> we're gonna check in with Bevo Jenkins for ninety points. How professors? Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> we could only think of one bovine mascot, and we basically did the same thing. We were just like, all right, cool. We're just gonna say Bevo and a name. And I do happen to know that they're on fifteen, so we checked in with Bevo Smith the fifteenth. <laughs> <laughs> we wagered sixty nine points. Nice. So both teams got the correct uh, correct first name, which was a it, it wasn't his birth first name, but it was the you know first name he went by. But uh, name is Bebo Francis, and uh, Steve Francis' and he, grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he uh, uh, from you know uh, yeah fifty four is when he, he scored. I think he scored multiple uh, one hundred thirteen points was the record. There was a game that. Did not count in standings that he scored 116. So, but uh, uh, but since it was basically playing what was at the time like would be considered junior college now that it was not counted. So, but uh, yeah, that's his record. Jack Taylor uh, broke. All right. So small forward uh, is the next one, and this is going to be uh, in the category of society and basketball. Uh, Lacia Clarendon made headlines in 2020 by becoming the first. What in WNBA history? There are two parts to this answer, and either is acceptable. We'll check in. So Earth, Wind, and Fire checked in. So uh, uh, the hot professors can talk it out. What was the? What was? What was the? Um, Do we the, want the, to? <laughs> the category? Uh, society and basketball. So I think that goes with it. Okay. Um, All right. So. <laughs> Do we want to discuss? No, we just, just no. I think in. I think we're yeah. good. I think we're okay. just going to check in for uh, uh, the first. Was it non-binary player uh, for sixty-nine points? Okay, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, we had a we had a few ideas as far as this. Um, the one that kind of stuck out for us. I vaguely remember the name, um, but we also said um, Leisha was the first non-binary. WNBA player and we checked in for 20 points. Okay. And both teams are, are correct with that. Uh, we've accepted non-binary and also transgender. All right. So both teams gained points there. So we will move on to power forward, which will be uh, in the category of feats of strength. What player perhaps due to the abstinence holds the record for most consecutive NBA games played at 1,192. So All right. I, I, I don't know what else to go with. So I'm we, we are going to check in. Okay. So Earth, Wind, and Fires checked in. And Eric and Marcus, you guys talk it out. Yeah. Um, first of all, you said AC Law, and I love AC Law, and it's definitely not him. But you so I know. No, the, the name AC is in right. my head. And I just said uh, AC Law is the only name I'm putting with eight. Is, is... There's Quincy AC, but I can promise you it's not him. I just was about to type that to him. It's not yeah. Quincy AC. AC Green is somebody, and he did play for a long time. If you, I no, I remember, I remember AC Green. I think played for the Lakers during the Showtime era, and, but I mean, it's if he played, this person had to have played for a long time, so it's possible, I guess, that he made it to whatever two thousand, 
You said you said you think he played for the Heat. He was on the Heat in 2000. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, it could if be. it's if it's the guy I'm thinking of. Let's go. I mean, I don't have anything better. Okay, we're checking in with AC Green for 69 points. Okay, and <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. 69 points on the absent. Um, yeah, I think they're right with AC Green. I was thinking, of guys, there's like a bunch of power forwards from the early and mid nineties that I kind of all lumped together because they were two more type of players. They were just kind of rough offensive rebound, mid range jump shooting power forwards. And AC green is definitely that guy Lakers Mavericks for a while. Um, we checked in along the same lines because I don't feel bad because these guys are similar, but we checked in for 50 points with Horace Grant. Ooh. Okay, so so this player missed three games in his uh, in the second season um, of his career and never missed a game after that, um, um, all the way through to the end of his career in 2001 when he was playing uh, for the Miami Heat, and he was famously abstinent and and is you know has proclaimed to be a virgin until he got married in 2002. That is AC Green. <laughs> yeah, as soon Whoa! as you said it, as soon as you said it, I knew it was right. Yep. And he was a power forward. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we had a lot of power forwards in our list, but a lot yep. of them were just not right. Did you have Lafonso Ellis? <laughs> no, because yeah, he didn't play that long. You yeah, knew it. Right. Mason did the math to see how many You're seasons right. it would be. And right. it was like that eliminated 14. a lot of guys. Yeah. So, 14. so, so credit to this dude to win NBA championships and not. Right, not party like yeah, that, right? Yeah. Like afterwards, like I can get to do anything I want right now. So, so AC Green, yeah, AC Green won three NBA titles and would not go into the locker room during the during the champagne um, spring. Like that, that's how seriously he took everything. So that brings us to our very very last question here, but under the category of center, which is by famous basketball gyms and arenas. The Basketball Association of America started in 1946 and would be renamed the National Basketball Association in 1949. The first game of the season played on November 1st, 1946, was played in a legendary still-standing arena in what current NBA city? We are going to check in, Marcus and I. Earth, Wind, Fire, you can talk it out. I feel like we should phone a friend and call up Doherty. This seems like some random thing. Oh, thinking about legendary arenas and right. where the NBA was concentrated in the forties. We're talking about the mostly the Northeast. Yes, where all the teams. I'm thinking like you know the Syracuse Nationals and those kinds of older teams that were in that Northeast area. So that limits the list significantly. Which right. one of these has an arena? The legendary and still standing. Right. Because I mentioned like the Philly Spectrum, I'm pretty sure the la- that hasn't been used for. I mean, it might not even be still standing. It hasn't been used for a while. I know. Right. I mean, if it hasn't been used, that's fine. It doesn't say that it's still in yeah. use. It just says. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it, it could be could be Philly. I, I just think about legendary. I don't know if I'd call the Spectrum legendary. I mean, it's. Has, I it's guess that's kind of a relative term, I suppose. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's very. There's a lot of historical happenings there, but. Right, like obviously MSG is legendary, but that seems a little too on the nose. Boston, maybe in they played in Fenway Park. <laughs> they, they put down <laughs> was, some parquet courts. And 
It was an out. It was an outdoor basketball game. Outdoor game in November in the Northeast. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to go New York because I feel like that's too obvious. So maybe we go Philly. Maybe I don't know how long the spectrum's been around, but I I don't either. But I, being from the Northeast, it's it's talked about as being a pretty legendary. You know, I mean, I've yeah. heard a lot about it. It's you know, kind of being a pillar of of legendary arenas. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. I'm fine. So we're looking for the the city. So it'd be yeah. So Philadelphia. Okay. I'm fine. Philadelphia, Boy Meets World, like you know, Tony Danza. There's a lot of. All right, we're gonna check in with Philadelphia for twenty points. And how professors was your answer? Uh, so Marcus and I didn't really know. Um, and then his internet crashed, so I had nobody else to talk it out with. So I sat there and thought about it. Um, I thought of legendary arenas. Uh, the Boston Garden's gone. Uh, Madison Square Garden time frame doesn't add up. I think it was built in the 60s. Wouldn't have been around in the 40s. Philadelphia Spectrum crossed my mind. It's a super old city. Spectrum was there, but that was demolished, not standing anymore. Um, so then I thought, and my brain went to the most iconic arena that I could think of, and... I know they started with a team. They didn't have a team. And then they got an expansion team in the 90s. And I went with Toronto for 69 points. And one team is going to get credit. It is Toronto. It was the Huskies versus the Knickerbockers uh, in the first ever um, what would become the, the NBA uh, game. And, um, yeah, Toronto Huskies hosted the New York Knicks. Um it was the only season the Huskies played, and they and Eric stole the rest of my rest of my flavor text is that they played in you know played in the same you know Maple Leaf Gardens with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they that was their only season as the Huskies, and they returned in the '90s as the Raptors. So, which is why it was the current NBA city that that was the, the little hint there in the question. Mason put that in our chat. Sorry, Mason. I, I mean, I had no confidence. Mm-hmm. I just was thinking of Northeast teams in Toronto, and my only other thought on that was it could have played in the hockey arena, and that's all that I had. I had nothing else other than that. Yeah. So I didn't even know they had an NBA team prior to I didn't, yeah, I didn't either. the Raptors. I mean. Well, the only reason I had an idea is from NBA 2K, because if you go on the Raptors, you scroll through their jerseys. All of a sudden that's true. Huskies, jerseys. Huskies, yeah. Oh, that's – yeah. I never put that connection. Again. Using video games to get an answer. How dare you? <laughs> And with the fourth quarter concluding, our final scores are Earth, Wind, and Fire, 40, and winning the Casey Shaw clipboard captains of the game, we have the Hot Professors with 662. So congratulations to Eric and Marcus. Yay. Stealing Matt's Uh, usual line. He wasn't going to do it, so somebody had to. So, So let Marcus start this off. Marcus? Okay, thank you um no phil thanks thanks for coming on hosting this game it was a lot of fun i'm surprised at how many WNBA questions i got so i was happy um but yeah good game i didn't think i would know this much basketball awesome well thank you guys for inviting me on and uh it's always fun to to host uh um but yeah this is this definitely definitely enjoy writing basketball questions so so yeah, when when I was speaking with Scott about potentially doing a, a you know, hosting a game, you figure like, oh, we might as well just try to do a you know single sport and just see see how it goes. So so thank you very much for, for having me on. You know, anytime anyone has an idea like that, I mean, it's like if you're willing to write it, we're willing to allow you to host it. I mean, it, it's great on our end. So and I mean, it was a very well written game. 
uh, you know, everything flowed together really nicely. Um, you know, it was a good mix, I think, of, of difficulties within a lot of the questions. We had a lot of really quick check-ins and a lot where Marcus told us to hurry up. But yeah, I think it was a good, you know, it was a good mix, good blend of questions. So, you know, we obviously know you're an accomplished question writer and, you know, we, we didn't expect anything otherwise from you. Yeah, I don't have anything major to add. I enjoy the game. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't know. And uh, it was fun to kind of learn some stuff along the way with that, too. So definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Phil, again, just thanks for coming on. Thanks for writing this game. Thank thanks you for being a patron. Um, yeah, I, it, it, that's just first and foremost, I feel, um, for supporting us to keep this going. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And just look forward to just all your new, all the new, uh, you know, different, exciting Patreon episodes as well there that keep on coming out. All your different little little offshoots are there. They've been fun to listen to. Thank you for listening to the Bench Warmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.